Hello Vineyard family, it's great to be with you today. My name is Taryn and together with my husband Chuck, we lead Catalyst Vineyard Church, which is a multi-site church tucked away in the northeast of Scotland. And we are also the regional leaders for Scotland as well. Today I wanna to speak about something the Lord has been speaking to me about. And perhaps um, you have felt like this recently or maybe over the last 16 months or so. And I'm speaking about the days or weeks or months where you feel like giving up, where things just feel so difficult, where your perspective feels all skewed. And maybe some of you can relate to what I am saying, particularly um, having gone through all we have during this pandemic. When you're in the thick of the storm or the wood or the maze and you just can't see a way out. You feel like jacking it all in and giving up. Where things just feel so difficult. And uh, one morning, I felt the Lord speak to me whilst I was in the shower. I wonder how many other, others of you hear God in the shower. It's a great place to be, I think. And God gave me this picture of a big tent. And then the scripture that came to mind was Isaiah 54 verse 2. And it was the scripture that Chuck and I had been given um, 13 years previous when we started leading our church. And the scripture is enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen the stakes. And in that moment, I knew that God was speaking to me about me about my capacity, about the limits that I had placed on myself. And during this pandemic, I suddenly realised how much easier it has been for me to place limits and boundaries over myself, to retreat and to withdraw and almost just to allow inertia to kind of slowly take a grip of me. And it was in that moment that it had dawned on me that the limits that I'd put on myself had hemmed and fenced me in and I'd got stuck. I hadn't stretched or grown like I needed to. My stakes had not strengthened and my cords had not lengthened. My capacity hadn't enlarged enough for all that was required. And so instead of not holding back, as the scripture says, I realised I was being held back. Perhaps you can identify with what I'm saying, where before you even realise what's coming out of your mouth, you hear yourself say things like, I can't, I'm inadequate, I'm unable, I'm lacking, I've got nothing to give, I can't do this anymore. This pandemic has been hard for all of us, but for many, it's been absolutely horrific. And yet the wake up call for me was realizing that this particular moment, this particular season, right here, right now, is not the place to stop. It's not the place to retreat because it feels like such a pivotal time for the church, the church at large, and such an exciting time for our movement. 
as across the nations, we start to gather again physically and we start to gather with expectation of what the Holy Spirit is going to do as we throw ourselves onto the Spirit, as we fling wide school doors and um, community centre doors and old barn doors and warehouse doors and our own front doors. And as we put up church banners on the beaches and on the playing fields and in the middle of our city centres, now is not the time to hold back. Now is not the time to limit ourselves. I looked up the dictionary definition of the word capacity and it says this. Capacity means the maximum amount of something, of something that you can contain and the amount that's something you can produce. So it's about containing and producing. What am I full of? What am I producing? And for all of us, we want to be filled with the things of the Lord, don't we? We want to be filled with his word, with his truth, with a faith that is so deep within us that we can just keep drawing upon it again and again and again. We want to be filled with his spirit in order for our output, our production, our lives to demonstrate that despite the situation, despite the tiredness, despite the circumstances, despite the many obstacles and the anxieties and the worries, whatever the circumstances, I will keep on pressing on, giving all of myself to all of him as he leads me. And to help us to do that, Jesus, he wants to come and he wants to increase our capacity. And he wants to overcome the things that are holding us back. Because when we allow the Lord to come and we allow him to enlarge us and stretch us and lengthen us and strengthen us, it means that we can continue on with all that we have been called to do to carry on moving and growing and being obedient in all the things that the Lord is asking us to carry, to be fruitful, to run and to dream and to walk in boldness and with purpose. God wants to enlarge our capacity so that we can walk confidently and boldly with all that we're carrying right now and also with all that is to come because there's always more to come in the Lord for the future. And so I believe that the Lord wants to say to us as a vineyard family, enlarge the place of your tents, because there are new paths I want you to walk down. There are new doors I want you to open. There are new fields for you to plough. I sense he's saying, stretch your tent curtains wide. And if we, the vineyards, are to be all to keep arising and to keep being all that God has called us to be across our glorious nations, to continue to reach the lost and serve the poor and pray for the sick and see um, minds and bodies transformed by the power of the Spirit of God, to see communities exploding with life and to keep seeing churches being planted all across our glorious nations, then it's going to take every one of us to go again, to commit to being stretched 
and lengthened and strengthened in order to grow our capacity for whatever it is that God is wanting us to do in these times and in these days. And so today we're looking at someone whose capacity has been limited because of their situation. But yet, through the story, what we see is how God comes and how he enlarges their capacity, how he stretches it so that they can be and take on all that God is calling them to do. And so today we are looking at uh, Gideon. And Gideon is in the book of Judges. We find the story there and that is in the Old Testament. But before we read from God's word, let me just kind of give you a bit of a backdrop, a backstory. So really, the first thing to note is that the Israelites have disobeyed the Lord again. That is a common theme that we find. Their disobedience caused the Lord to remove his hand of protection from the Israelites, and which meant that the nation of Midian controlled the Israelites for seven years. And this was a really terrible time for Israel. The Midianites were so unbelievably cruel that many Israelites fled to the mountains and they hid in caves. And every time the Israelites would try and plant crops, the Midianites would swarm in and they would set up their tents and they would allow their livestock to eat all of the crops. And the Midianites, they stole the Israelites' food and their cattle and their sheep and their donkeys. And there were so many of them that the Bible likens them to a swarm of locusts. And after the Midianites took almost absolutely everything from the Israelites. The Israelites finally repented and finally asked the Lord for help. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. So we're in Judges 6 and we're going to read from verses 11 down to 16. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to that now? It says this, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abrazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Amen. So the Lord accepted the Israelites' plea for help and he sent an angel to this man, Gideon, who he had chosen to lead the Israelites out from their oppression. Now, 
Gideon wasn't the strongest of men. He wasn't the meanest or the most skilled warrior. In fact, I would suggest he probably wasn't even a, a little bit brave because for goodness sake, we see him and he's hiding in a wine press. I think it's fair to say that God has chosen a very unpromising man. He's chosen someone that needs reassurance. He's chosen someone who really doesn't think very much of himself. Gideon is full of doubts and questions. He's exhausted. The Midianites have knocked the stuffing out of him and he's scared. He's lost any fight that he might have had and he succumbed to the awful circumstances around him without any thought that things could be different or that God might want to use him. Yet God chose him. Uncertain, hesitant, doubtful, exhausted, scared and questioning Gideon. He chose him to lead the Israelites. And perhaps maybe in some or many ways we can relate to Gideon and how Gideon is feeling. And we find Gideon and he is in a shallow pit. He's under a tree and he's threshing this grain. And this wasn't, of course, the usual place to thresh grain, but Gideon is doing that because he's hiding from the Midianites. He doesn't want them to take his grain away. And I love how the Lord, I love what the Lord does, how he picks the most unpromising, unassuming people. You know, he picks an unknown farmer hiding under a tree to lead a revolution. And what's the first thing the Lord has to deal with? I don't think there's any question. The first thing that he needs to deal with is Gideon's frame of mind, is Gideon's attitude. I've got two points. My first point is this, to increase my capacity, I need to receive a new identity. You see, having extra capacity in our life is not found within our own circumstances, our own situation. Instead, it is found beyond it. Our capacity won't enlarge when our eyes are set on what we see, on our own circumstances, when we're focused on the negative, on the troubles, the problems, the tiredness, the disappointment, the failures. We can't move forward. We can't see what's in front of us and we miss what God is saying and what he's doing. Gideon was so busy moaning he was moaning about his situation, about how let down and how abandoned he feels. He's completely oblivious to the fact that there is an angel of the Lord that is with him. And not only that, but this angel has just told him that God is with him and that he is a mighty warrior. Verse 12, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And so what is Gideon's response to the angel? Well, he says this. Pardon me, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders? Why has he abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian? So the Lord is speaking so directly into Gideon's life. He's given him a new name. He's speaking courage into his soul and boldness into his heart. And yet, Gideon, he misses it. He misses it for two reasons. Firstly, because his focus was on himself, on his own stuff. 
So he couldn't receive what the Lord had said. And secondly, because where his mind was set, he misses how personal, personal and intimate and how beautiful this moment actually is for him. You see, the angel says to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon's response is, if the Lord is with us, why has it happened to us? The Lord has abandoned us. God is speaking so directly and personally and so incredibly beautifully into Gideon's soul, into his heart with words of uh, restoration and strength and healing. And yet he misses it. You see, the angel did not speak to Gideon's present condition. He did not say, Gideon, you weakling, or Gideon, you coward. No, he declares the end from the beginning. He proclaimed his destination, a mighty warrior. This is a moment for Gideon. It's all about Gideon. And yet Gideon misses it because his mind is not set on God. His, his mind is not set on him, but instead of, of what is around him, on his circumstances. God's calling Gideon out out of the threshing pit, out from hiding, out from fear. And he wants to do the same for us 3,000 years later, to change our mindset, to alter our focus, to enlarge our capacity. We need to keep our eyes on him. Keep our eyes fixed on him, listening to him, receiving from him, allowing him to come close, to speak into our souls, to wipe away those words that we say over ourselves. I can't. I'm unable. I'm, not, I'm incapable. To replace those lies with truth. His truth. I am who you say I am. I believe your opinion of me. I can do what you say that I can do. I can be all that you have called me to be. You can turn weaklings into warriors and cowards into leaders. God looked at a scared farmer and he spoke a fearless general into being. And so our prayer Lord, right here, right now is, would you do the same for us? Would you do the same for us? Would you come? Would you speak to us? Would you remind us to keep our eyes fixed on you? Would you speak courage and life into our souls today? We pray. Second point. To increase my capacity, I need to go in the strength I already have. Verse 14, the Lord turned to Gideon and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And I can imagine poor old Gideon, you know, he takes suddenly this massive gulp and maybe his knees start knocking a wee bit and he starts shaking. And in a really croaky voice, he pipes up and he says, pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? You know, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. 
And the Lord's response to him is, I will be with you. I will be with you. And you will strike down the Midianites. And then perhaps Gideon takes another gulp because he, he suddenly realises, oh my gosh, this is actually going to happen. I just love the dialogue between Gideon and the Lord. The Lord tells weak and fearful Gideon to go in the strength he has. Not when he starts to look and feel a bit stronger, then he should go. Not when the things surrounding him start to improve, then go. Not when he starts to feel a bit more like it, then he should go. Not once he's got all his warrior gear and all his weapons lined up, then to go. Not once he's learned the art and he's absolutely brilliant in combat, then to go. No, the Lord says to Gideon, go in the strength you have. No matter how small that strength is, go in the strength you have. And I wonder how many of us need to hear that today. Maybe some of you have been waiting for something big to happen in order for you to go. Perhaps some of you are waiting to feel different, to be different, to do different things in order for you to go. Perhaps some of you are waiting for things to get better, to change, to improve, to not feel so exhausted, not to carry that so much disappointment, not to feel so tired. But God says to Gideon, go in the strength you have. You see, he knows everything about us. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. He knows every single detail of our lives. He knows what we can do before he calls us into it. He knows us, he gets us, and he completely understands us. You know, to look at Gideon from a purely human perspective, I think it's fair to say that we, we can't really understand why God would choose someone like him. You see, when we look at Gideon, all we see is a scared farmer. But when God looks at Gideon, he sees a mighty warrior. Why? Because God had already placed the mighty warrior within Gideon. God knew what was in Gideon and what it was going to take to get it out of Gideon. And he knows what he's put in us and what it will take for it to come out of us to stretch the tent curtains wide, to increase our capacity means that we go in the strength we have, no matter how small that may be. But it doesn't stop there. There are two sides to this. There's our side, our ability, our strength, and then there's God's side, thank goodness. God's ability and God's power. God asked Gideon a question. In verse 14, the question is, am I not sending you? Am I not sending you? And that question is a reminder to Gideon. And also I believe it's a reminder to us today that God knows what he's doing. Even if from a purely earthly perspective, we don't see it, we don't feel it, it doesn't make any sense to us whatsoever. We can trust him. We can trust him to be accurate with everything he asks us to do. This question, am I not sending you? It is a reminder. It's a reminder to us. He's in control. 
He's in control. We can trust him to be faithful and to be true with all that he calls us into. The Lord is making it so clear to Gideon that he is with him. He is with him. You see, the guarantee of God's presence is the guarantee of his power. And you know, the call of God, it so often starts from a place of weakness. And because of that, it always causes us then to throw ourselves onto God, to depend on him, to depend on his power, to depend on his strength. That's how our capacity grows, through the stretching and the lengthening and the strengthening. As we go in the strength we have, we'll feel and experience the challenge. Yes, we will. But then God comes and he surprises us and he says to us, see, I knew you could do it. You had it in you all along. From the very beginning, I put it in you. God's promise to us as a movement is go in the strength you have and I will be with you. I'll end with this. I heard a lovely phrase about what the word anoint means. And it means this, to smear with ability. I love that, to smear with ability. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come and he wants to smear us with ability today. He wants to spread his anointing all over those parts of us that feel weak, that feel overwhelmed, that feel stuck, that feel tired, maybe that feel numb or feel completely unable. He wants to come and he wants to anoint our capacity to be and do all that the Lord is asking of us in this time and in this season. And I believe that there is a fresh anointing that is available to us all today to enable us to enlarge our tents and to stretch the tent curtains wide and not to hold back. Amen. Amen.